Good morning, Gateway Church. It's lovely to be gathering together, uh, both here and online. And we're so privileged to be able to do both and to be able to choose and to engage with God's will and his purposes for us at this time. And uh, we want to just ask God's richest blessings upon you wherever you are, even if you're you're catching up on this uh, through the week. And uh, it really is so great to be able to gather and to be the church of Jesus Christ. Um, You'll know perhaps if you were with us last week that we're beginning into um, a sermon series called How to Get Through What You're Going Through. And, um, And this season, it throws up some new challenges, doesn't it? Uh, there's all sorts of things. I've, I've seen many of you um, who have been gathering here in the building wrestling with the distinct challenge of wearing a mask and glasses and still not steaming up and seeing where you're going. Um, you are your heroes of today. Um, may God bless you. Um, those of you at home, you're probably wrestling with um, children or other things at the moment, but just God bless you for being a part of who we are and what we're doing. And uh, we want to um, spend a bit of time as we begin in prayer, as we continue you'll you'll know we've got a time for families for kids we hope it'll be engaging we're going to dive into God's word together and we're going to be able to praise God for those of you who are in the building here um, I think many of you have been here past few weeks you'll know we're not singing currently in the building um, but all that that means is that you shall go out with joy and uh, you can sing down the streets as you find your cars Um, no no takers whatsoever Uh, we're not going to sing in the building hum along We're going to creatively engage with uh, God's goodness here. If you're at home, um, sing loudly. We'd love to hear you um, all the way from home. Um, Can I invite you at present here in the building to stand with me? And you're more than welcome to do so at home. We're going to begin uh, with a word of prayer in a moment or two just to let you know that if you're part of Gateway Church hopefully you've had some invitations one way or another to a series of members meetings we're running via Zoom through this week if you're not sure which one to attend then please message us ask us let us know one way or another and we'll make sure that everybody can connect let's pray together shall we dear God we're thankful that every day Every week, every month, every year of our lives is known by you. We're thankful, dear God, that you know every moment of our lives. God, you know every hair on our heads. God, you know every thought in our minds, every beat of our hearts. You know our strengths and our weaknesses, our hopes and our fears. And you meet us in them all. So God, whatever it is that we're going through, we thank you, God, that we go through it with you. This is our how. This is our why. We go, we go forward because of you, Lord God, and because of the love of you and the love that compels us to love one another, to be your love in this world. So Christ Jesus, we ask that we would be encountering, enjoying, uh, so excited in all of these things this morning. Bless us, we pray. Encourage us, we pray. Help us to be that blessing and encouragement to one another. And God, help us to go in your blessing that we might be a blessing in a world in need. In your holy and righteous name we pray. Good morning, church. And I greet everyone at home watching us as well that have tuned in this morning. I'll be taking the family segment of our service this morning. And I've got Christopher here to assist me. I want to ask us a question. What do we like to do? What do we enjoy doing? What are the things that are important to us? I've got a few items 
to hand over to Chris. Some of us like to work on our tablets, you know, surf the web, play games, do office work and things. Some of us like to dance with the ule hoops. <laughs> Some of us like to play Lego, to build. These are office items here as well. We like to do our work, carry it everywhere we go. Some of us like painting. We enjoy painting. We also like to water our garden. We like gardening. Some of us like reading big books. Oops. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and some of us like to play football. Some of us like to go on our phones, you know, send texts, spend time with people, call people. These things are good. They are not bad in, in themselves. But are we doing too much of it to lose sight of God? We can see that Christopher is struggling to balance holding everything. The same way, these things can take so much of our attention that we lose sight of God. The Bible says in Exodus 20 verse verse 3, that you shall have no other God before me. God should come first in our lives. We should place God first. How do we place God first? Our time of studying the Bible, of having our devotion, they should be more important to us than these things. The time of fellowship in church, time to tune in if we are at home, unable to come, we shouldn't use that time to do other things. We shouldn't clog our lives with these things. If we are not careful, they become idols in our lives. That's why God said we should put him first. He should take priority in our lives. The Bible says in Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. Earthly things are not bad, but it's when they become idols. That is when they become a problem. So I want to encourage us. What are we doing? What is taking so much of our time? What is preventing us to have our devotion, to pray, to have time, quality time with God? Let's look into our lives, and I want to encourage us this week to ensure that we are thinking about God. We do our devotion, meditate on God's word throughout the day. It should be important to us more than any other thing. I pray that the Lord bless us all. Thank you. Well, we, we considered loading... Uh... Chris down with a bicycle and a guitar and no not really uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big strong lad but you know it's a but you get the point and a huge part of what we're going to be talking about today is um it's not only what we fill our lives with but the things that we're holding on to um next time we do an illustration like that I think we'll use somebody smaller and just see if they can kind of hang on to it all um I don't know whether it said anything about bowler's footballing skills um, that that one got away from her. It's tricky to hold on to, but there you go. Um, what are we holding on to in life? What are the things that are so important to us that we just wouldn't even dream of letting go of them? Um, if you're on our church prayer line or if you're online, you can see there's a link there um, for uh, resources and, and a sermon sheet for today. Uh, you can check it out as we're going along or you're welcome to check it out when you get home. Uh, but we're doing that week by week by week to try and make things as accessible as possible. If you're here in the building, it's worthwhile saying uh, that our family room is available downstairs where you can see and hear everything. 
and uh, you're more than welcome to make use of that space. If you're at home with your kids, every room is a family room. I'm really sorry about that. There is no escape whatsoever. Um, but God bless you. Uh, we're going to dive into how do we get through what we're going through. And what we're recognizing is that there is uh, some, something common uh, for us all in going through the season that we're going through, but also there are unique um, things that each and every one of us are getting through or attempting to go through in our lives. But God speaks truth, he speaks grace, he speaks love in all of them. C.S. Lewis very famously said on one occasion, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And I think for, for many, many people, perhaps even those of us who count ourselves as followers of Jesus, sometimes it's the toughest circumstances, the worst of times, that actually really grab our attention again to understand and appreciate that we're journeying with God. And we, we really need him and there's no other way. When we're gonna, what we're going to consider today is that when we're... When our faith is tested, and, and in spite of everything being kind of awakened within us, that, that need and that longing, sometimes it might seem that God himself is silent. Well, what we're going to find is that rather than chasing other ways down to peace, we're going to trust the one who has been faithful. Is anybody here aware that God has been faithful in their lives? Anybody online, are you aware that God has been faithful? Once again, we can know because of who he has been and who he is that he will remain faithful. Sometimes in life, we just need something to hold on to, don't we? Literally, figuratively, we need something, someone to hold on to. Have you ever felt like that? Erin uh, and me, our kids, they are officially, I think we can say this, officially the huggiest, snuggliest kids in the entire world. Um, if, if you stand still for a moment, you will find one or other of them koalaing themselves onto you. Um, you just can't possibly get away from it. And if I find myself having to settle Judah to bed at night, I say if, I mean when I find myself having to settle him back into bed during the night, um, it is, it's a rare occasion that he doesn't get put back into his bed, tucked in, and then he looks at me and he says to me, in quite a fearsome way actually, get in. Um, he just has this way of like longing for that kind of physical connection, that kind of cuddliness. Um, I don't know where he gets it from, Erin, do you? Um, but sometimes our longing to kind of cling on to something or someone, it's a bit more serious. I don't know whether you've ever heard of a, a famous tightrope walker called Nick Wallender. Anybody ever heard of him? I've come across him quite recently. Uh, but he's quite famous. Check him out for, for, for tightrope walking across the Niagara Falls, amongst other things, uh, because some people don't have enough trouble in their lives. They just want to kind of put some more in there. But he had a, a really tough circumstance. He describes it like this. He says, one wrong step, and suddenly the world is upside down, spinning out of control. And before you know it, nothing is the same. That's what happened to me, Nick writes. I put my foot on a wire as part of a world record attempt, eight-person pyramid, and we fell. Maybe you've had a terrible experience that caused you to fall, to question all that seems stable in your life. Whatever your circumstances, we all face fear. Fear that tells us we're not good enough to do whatever we were made to do. In our eight-person pyramid attempt and the tragic fall that occurred, including several of us, he writes, my sister Liana, very seriously, it injured her. I was among the three who didn't fall to the ground. I hung 
helpless from the wire, seeing those who were scattered on the ground below, and I couldn't control the madness of what was below me. That was where the seed of fear was planted in my heart. I had always believed that many people were gripped by fear because they focused on fear. They focused on their issues or their negative thinking and blotted out everything else. As a Christian, I knew that God went before me in all things, so I was able to face life confidently, but now I struggled with controlling my thoughts. When fear invades, there's no pressing forward in faith or summoning of courage. There's just a persistent, powerful fear that locks out the world. It makes the point, doesn't it? That vivid image, so starkly. You can kind of imagine it in your mind's eye. There he is, clinging on. Others couldn't. And they fell, and this tragedy, injury, fear starts to come in. It's no wonder, is it? In our lives, in our hearts, in our experiences, we want to cling on to something. Sometimes we just want something to hold on to that we can trust. Now, last week we opened up what we're going to be talking about today and next week as well, thinking in terms of three phases or stages of our faith. The first stage is confident faith. Typically, it feels great. Everything goes so well. It can last for a while. Prayer makes a difference. Obedience results in in God's blessings just pouring into our lives. Joy seems to come naturally. But what we said was, there will come a moment when that confident faith meets a point of challenge. Challenged faith. Suddenly, everything that seemed to work so well, hmm, it's hard. Praying seems harder. Obedience, it doesn't seem to be kind of making those great strides in our lives. Doubts increase. I imagine all of us, we've had so many questions over recent weeks. We long for the days when faith seemed fresh and and even easy. In this challenged faith phase, what we're going to be looking at, we started last week, we're going to continue into it, is how challenged faith, it's inevitable, but it isn't the end. God wants to use those seasons of challenge faith to bring us to something we call living faith. It may not be so simple in many ways, or simplistic perhaps. Sometimes it doesn't seem a bit so shiny and, 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 and new as when it was. It's got its battered parts. It's a bit rough around the edges. But it's real, tested, true. It's the kind of faith that will last. And so we're asking, how do we get through what we're going through? How do we respond well to the pains and sufferings of today? Last week, we began the story. I'd invite you to stand with me. Would you do that? We're going to come into worshiping in just a moment. Last week, we began the story of the people of God, those people of Israel, in in what was called their exodus. They're coming out of slavery into promise, but it wasn't an easy road. God had a unique purpose for them, a unique mission, and it was good, but it was tough. It was tough. They came out of confidence in God through trials and challenges, and they found it hard. We're going to explore a little bit more of what God was doing in their lives, doing through that nation, what God wants to do in our lives too. But right now, I want to encourage you just to come before God. The the team are going to lead us in a song. And I know we can't sing here, but there's no reason for any of us to not pray. So right now, you might just want to pray to God and to offer him your season. Yes, it might be this pandemic, but it might be something else that's unique to you. And just talk to God about it. You know, he knows but he longs to hear from you. 
to be in conversation with you. So as the team leaders in song, you can pray quietly in your own hearts out loud if you want to at home, wherever we are. Pray to God, say, God, you know these things, but I really need to get them off my chest. I need to talk about them with you. I need to put them in your hands, dear God. Praise God for his love. Amen. Amen. You're welcome to grab a seat. And we're going to continue um, now exploring into this story of, of the Exodus. You see, God, he did incredible things. And we described a few of them last week. He provided for them food and water. He, he was present with them. There was a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And all these incredible things, the way he brought them through. Um, he brought them through the sea on dry land. All this incredible stuff. Somehow, they still were struggling with, with the sense of God's presence. When times got tough, they, they felt like they needed something else to cling to. And things were about to get a bit worse. You see, they come to a place that it's kind of God's mountain um, in the place. And Moses, the leader of the people, he's about to go up this mountain to spend some time with God. It's a good thing for anybody who's trying to lead other people of God to do, to spend time apart. But what they don't perhaps realize is he's going to be gone for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a while, isn't it? Does anybody want a 40-day and 40-night holiday right now? Anybody? Um, yeah, I think we could all go for that, couldn't we? But they perhaps don't realize this is going to happen. He's going to be on the mountain. They're going to be down in the valley. He's going to be hearing from God. They're hearing the locusts, or I don't know what, nothing much. He's going to be holding, ultimately, the Ten Commandments, and they're holding nothing. And they want something to hold on to. So what did they do? In Exodus 32, we see how the story starts to unfold. It's in the notes, so you can check it out for yourself if you, uh, later in the week. But in Exodus 32, verse 1, it says this. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. Uh, they've moved on pretty quick, haven't they? Now, sometimes the problem is they want that something, someone tangible, holding on to. So Aaron, what does he do? He asks the people to take off the gold that they're wearing, whether it's earrings or bracelets or necklaces, whatever it might be, and bring them to him. He takes the items in some fire and he forms an idol made in the shape of a calf out of this gold. And as he does this, he says in verse 4 of Exodus 32, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. And then, as if that wasn't weird enough, he announces, very next verse in our Bibles, verse 5, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. And so the next day, they partied like the pandemic was over. And uh, everybody's having a great time. Strange though, isn't it? They make this golden calf, this tangible physical thing that, that God himself had you know, drawn them out of that kind of culture, that out of that kind of religious practice. But then Aaron, as, just within the next breath, having made this golden calf, he then says, tomorrow we're going to worship the Lord. That is the one true God. How does this fit together? How do they make that and then want to worship the God who they've trusted so far? Well... Many biblical historians would note that the choice of a calf is not accidental. It's not that Aaron was just, he got the gold and he was like, oh, do you know, I can't do a Formula One car, I'll do a cow. Um, it's not, that's not what was going on here. It's not like that was all he could fashion. Um, 
Actually, a calf, it was a really common image used throughout the ancient Near East within their worship. When they made an image of a god, it was often believed that the calf would form part of the throne that the god would sit upon, where his residence was with his people. So if the calf wasn't necessarily a god in itself, it was thought to be the throne for the god, for the deity to sit upon. So Aaron presents the calf saying these are your gods who have done all these amazing things for you. And then he also proclaims a festival to the Lord. He holds on to this golden calf while still saying we trust in gods. Seems utterly crazy, but I'm going to suggest it's not that crazy at all. I'm going to suggest that that's exactly what people, and you all look like people to me, I know I'm a person, that's exactly what we tend to do. When we go through seasons of difficulty, when the things that we've been experiencing or knowing or trusting in seem to get shaken or seem to be absent from us, we, we don't always just reject God. In fact, that's quite rare for a follower of Jesus just to say, right, I'm done with him now. Time got tough, I'm out. Actually, what we tend to do far more often is to say, yes, I want to trust in God, but I need God plus. I'm going to need something else. Well, God doesn't do what I want the way I want it. I'm going to need to add something in that might just do that. I want to cling on to God, but I'm going to need to cling on to some other things because they get tired of the silence. They get tired of being in the valley. Anybody else tired? When we get tired, we say, yes, God, but also I need something else. They were looking for something to hold on to that would get them what through what they were going through. They were looking for something to reduce the pain in their suffering, something that they could see, something that they could get their head around. Because I don't know about you, but God is often always too big for my head. And sometimes, you know, I know that I can trust him, but sometimes my mind will play tricks on me. My heart will tell lies to me. And I'm like, God is good, but I need hmm. What do we hold on to? What do people hold on to? We don't hold on to gold calves these days. I don't imagine any of you are kind of, you know, got one in your pocket right now and you're just tenderly, no, no, no. What do we hold on to? Well, for many people, maybe they hold on to a bottle, hoping that that buzz might numb them, just get them through another night. Maybe people hold on to endless entertainment binge-watching Netflix or whatever it might be, hoping that, that just that chance to just empty the mind and switch off or to feel good for a moment. Maybe people hold on to their jobs, thinking that overworking might really fulfill that void within life. Or, or maybe it's something you do well and you think, well, if I just keep on plugging in at that, then I'll get some meaning in my life. Most of us, we're not so bold as to say, forget you, God, I'm done with you but rather we just want something to hold on to in the moment. Something perhaps that feels more concrete. What about you? What about us? What about all of us, wherever we are today? Last week we took a moment just to pause and to write down what it was that was our struggle, the thing that we're going through. I want to invite you to pause again. If you're here in the building, there's quite a lot of us, you might want to just close your eyes if you're comfortable with that. And just to consider what is it what is it that is really hard for you right now? For those of you who are at home, wherever you are, what is it that is causing you pain? What is it that is challenging your faith? What is it that you're going through?
We want to consider these things. And maybe as we consider these things, God might just do us a favor. I'm sure he will. And perhaps start to highlight within our lives the things that we're holding on to to get us through what we're going through. As I continue for these next couple of moments, I want to invite you, just keep on thinking, getting some clarity about that. The Word of God, it's not just an abstract book. It's about your life, my life, our lives with God. And God wants to speak into your circumstances and your pain today. You know, for me, I know I am such a creature of habit. And I, I like everything to be just so in all its right boxes and feels like over recent months nothing's been just so uh, no, none of my ducks are in a row my ducks have scattered and flown off and it's a struggle I don't know what your suffering is what your struggle is but God does he wants to be with us what are you going through we're not in an actual desert in that valley actually like the people of Israel back then but some of us maybe we're going through relational deserts Maybe some of us, we feel really alone. Hopes and dreams that we had seem to be dashed and, uh, and troubled and, and maybe even lost in a, in a time of physical distancing. But right now, you know, whatever it might be, it seems that there's just silence, there's absence. Maybe some of us, we have people in our lives. Maybe some of you, you may feel married. You are, you are married rather, but you've never felt more alone or lonely. Tests of this season perhaps have highlighted, heightened issues or caused new frictions in your homes. Perhaps some of us are going through financial deserts. Maybe opening your email or your post feels terrifying because the bills just keep piling up. Maybe this is a season of the desert of disappointment, unmet expectations, such high hopes, big dreams, and maybe they feel like they're gone. Maybe it feels like God is gone, or at least distant. For all of us, this persistent pandemic fills so many with fear, with anxiety, with apathy, maybe anger. Whatever it is that you're going through, I believe that God has brought you, whether you're here in the building or watching online, God has brought you to hear what we're going to dig into next. I've got two suggestions as we unpack the Word of God. But before we get there... We're going to pray, we're going to worship because Christian life, it's not about getting your cookie cutter and finding that one size fits all approach for our lives. The Christian faith, it's not about five ways to power through a pandemic. No, it's about meeting with God. And so I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to invite you to use this time as we move into a song of worship right now. Before we come to some really practical, really uh, helpful things, I'm going to invite you right now to pray. Before we pray, I want to just perhaps speak, if I can, something from the heart of God for each and every one of us. You see, God, he sees us in our need. He sees us in our pains. And yes, he will come close with us. He will journey with us. But he doesn't do so coldly. No, God sorrows over your hurts. He laments over your struggles. He says to you, and I want to say this to you as well this morning. He says, I know it's hard. Don't just man up. Don't just tough your way through things. It's not about pulling your finger out. God says he knows it's hard. He knows it feels impossible. 
And although I perhaps can't imagine how much it hurts, God knows your hurts. And so we pray, saying, Jesus, God, you know our humanity. You know how limited we are. We don't see everything. We don't know everything. We feel a lot, but sometimes we don't feel the most important things. We don't feel your presence or what's really going on. But God, you are limitless. You know everything. You see everything. You feel everything. And here's the wonder. You don't do this from far away. You do this from up close. So God, as we praise now through song, we're asking God, not only would we know some things that we can do, some things that we could know, some ways that we could journey. God, we're saying, please, we want to know you. We want to know you present with us at this time. Speak to us, we pray. Amen, amen. We thank God for that radical, wonderful truth of forgiveness has been bought for each and every one of us who will believe through what Jesus Christ has given for us. Amen. And you know, that really is the, the kind of the framework and the, the motivating thought behind how we're going to come now. Because so far we've talked quite a bit about the struggle. Last week we talked really all about the struggle. But here now, knowing God's presence with us, knowing what he has done for us, we're going to come into uh, the opportunity and the possibility for our response we're going to move perhaps from simply thinking about the struggle, although it's right for us to acknowledge that, into thinking about what God might call us into. We've got two suggestions, but before we get there, uh, you know, I want to share with you just perhaps a few thoughts. Elizabeth Elliot, um, an incredible missionary woman of God, said, there is nothing worth living for unless it is worth dying for. That's a challenging thought, and she knew a bit about what she was talking about there. Uh, she'd seen an awful lot of loss and struggle and suffering and death as she'd given her life for Christ. And she went on to say on another occasion, the will of God is never exactly what you expect it to be. It may seem to be much worse, but in the end, it's going to be a lot better and a lot bigger. So perhaps can we allow for that for a moment? Can we admit perhaps that our heads and our hearts perhaps aren't big enough to comprehend all of the goodness and the possibility of life in God? You know, we might add, whatever God lets us go through, he wants us to use that for him and to help others. To put it another way, what God wants to do through you, he will first need to do to you. Or what God permits to happen to you, he will then wondrously transform through you for the good of those others around you. So bearing that in mind, we come to our two challenges. Firstly, and honestly, we need to ask ourselves this, what do I need to let go of? We've already obviously understood what that might mean, but it isn't a literal golden car for us. Certainly, there are other things. Do an honest evaluation of our lives. What might it be that we're hanging on to that we need to let go of? We've mentioned some things already. Maybe there's uh, excessive drinking to make the pain go away. Truth be told, for some of us, the drug of choice might be food. Maybe it's spending money that we don't have. Maybe it's a relationship that we're holding on to, not because it's good for us and right in God, but it's for our own gratification. Maybe it could be 
that we're viewing things or encountering things to do with sex or even pornography online that is no good for us at all. What are the things that we're holding on for in life? Maybe it's our studies or our work life. Maybe we're diving so deep into them that everything else falls by the wayside. Others may applaud your success, but you know that you're holding on to it as a way of not really dealing with what's going on in your life. We might not claim any of these things as our gods, but truth be told, they're what we hang on to when times get tough to try and help us to get through what we're going through. What do you need to let go of? It might not be any of those things, but what is it? What do we need to let go of? And the rush to return to to normal in our society, uh, we could easily find that we're just simply going back to the way we've always lived our lives. I know locally and and in many places around the world, we find ourselves kind of getting back to normal a little and then going back again. And it feels like you're on the end of a yo-yo string, doesn't it, sometimes? Or it's a roller coaster in life. But can I urge you to, to add this trajectory into your life, this sense of meaning and purpose? Don't simply go back to what was for the sake of going back. Say to God, what do you want me to hold on to? And what do I need to give up? You know, as we've been worshiping here in the building, and perhaps you're the same at home, you know, we can't sing here. And so one of the ways that we respond to God, you might have seen some of us doing it, is we lift our hands to God. That means so much in so many different ways. But one thing it means, it's a, it's a universal sign, isn't it, of surrender. Hands open, hands up. You know, maybe more like this in certain circumstances. It says, you know, I give up. And I give it up. What do you need to give up? You know, if you're comfortable right now and you might just want to do it on your lap, maybe you just want to present your hands to God and just say, God, here's what I'm giving up. My life in your hands. Whether you're here today, why don't you go ahead and do that? At home, why don't you do that too? Just say, God, here's my hands. Here's my life in your hands. Surrendered, surrendered, surrendered. And as we're choosing actively to determine what do I need to give up, here's something great. God says to us, what do you need to hold on to? The wonderful thing about God is he never leaves anybody empty-handed. Did you know that? If you're giving up something that was acting as a, as a, as a crutch perhaps, but was negative in your life, God will give you something that is far, far better Does anybody know the truth of that in their lives? I imagine so many of us, we do. When you release a hand and, you know, release what you've been holding on to, well, you find that you've got a hand that's ready to grab hold of what God has for you. Two hands ready to grab hold of two things. And that's what we're going to unpack right now. With one hand, and this is primary and of utmost importance, we hold on to God. And to make it very specific, we hold on to the presence of God. Psalm 23, probably the most well-known and beloved psalm, it says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Can you say that? You are with me. It's true. It's reality. Now, those people of Israel in that particular valley, they were looking up at that mountain and they they knew quite obviously that God was present with Moses. There was lightning flashing in the clouds and rumblings and all sorts of stuff. Then it was obvious God was there. What they failed to realize was if they wanted it, God would be with them in the valley also. Let go of the calf. 
Hold on to God's presence. How do we do this? Practically speaking, grab a hold of your Bible. Grab a hold of the Bible reading plan. If you're with us worshipping online, there's a Bible tab right there. It'll take you into the YouVersion Bible app. Why don't you get a hold of YouVersion Bible app? If you're not part of what we're giving day by day as a church, you need to sign up to our church prayer line and receive verses every day from the Word of God that will encourage you. Get stuck into the Bible. You'll find God's presence there. Grab a hold of an opportunity, a space, a time to be with God. Go on a walk. Turn off the telly. Have a bath. Whatever it is, take some time with God and call out to him. No pretense, no nonsense, no fancy talking. Just you, God, and your heart cry. Grab a hold of a worship song. If you're not sure of which ones to grab a hold of, then chat with one of the team afterwards or send them a message and say, send me some links on YouTube or Spotify or whatever it is. I need to spend time with God. Do whatever it takes to grab a hold of the presence of God in this season. That's one hand, the presence of God. What's our other hand? Grab a hold of the presence of God's people. I don't know about you, but it seems to me that a lot of Christians, uh, we do perhaps a, a, quite well at grabbing a hold of God's presence, at least some of the time. But when it comes to grabbing a hold of God's people, we seem to think that that's optional. That's not the way I read my Bible. Maybe you need to open up something for me. I, I've missed. It's not an option. You see, when God established his church, he meant it to be a, a group of God's people called out for his purposes who show the very evidence of God's presence, the very nature of God's coming kingdom in this world. We're supposed to really love one another and help one another to get through what we're going through. At Gateway Church, that means being a part of one of our transformed communities. There are extended families of missionary servants, people who love one another and go with one another in God's purposes. You know, it doesn't mean we fix everything or get everything right, but we're there. We're there. And we're always going to be there until Jesus comes again. During this time that we're so much physically apart and this local lockdown means even more of that, doesn't it? Let's be all the more intentional about being spiritually together. To sit with one another, even if it means on the end of a phone call because we can't be present in person. Sitting with one another, walking with one another. We all need something to hold on to. Every single one of us. We need to hold on to God, actively do this, and hold on to God's people. Psalm 63 and verse 8 says this, My soul clings to you, clings to you. That's not just like, you know, know, I'll pat you on the shoulder. That's the full-on koala bear, isn't it? It's wrapped around, it's desperately knowing need and saying, this is my hope. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me securely. We hold on to God. We hold on to his people. But hear that, your right hand upholds me securely. Here is the underlying, fundamental, never-changing, wonder-working reality. God is holding on to you. Oh, God is holding on to you. You know, I know we can't sing, but you can say amen. (laughs) You can say hallelujah, because I don't know about you, but I need this. I need this truth, and I need this reality. God is holding on to me. 
Corrie Ten Boom, she said this, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away your ticket and jump off. You sit still and you trust the engineer. You trust the driver. They know what they're doing. They know where they're going. God holds on to us. When times are tough, when times get dark, dark, God holds on to us. Can I invite you to pray with me? In a moment, our team's going to lead us in our closing song. But I want to pray with you today. Can I do that? My first thought for you, my first question for you as we come to pray is, do you know that God is holding on to you? Do you know that, that, that reality? Or when God's hand comes close, have you always found yourself running away? When he comes close to love you, when he comes close to rescue you, when he comes close to renew you and redeem you and all these incredible things that God's word promises, have you always run away? Look, today's the day. Today's the day to stop running. And if you're here in this building, I'm going to invite you to respond. If you've been running away from God and you need to stop running, then I'm going to invite you to respond to God. And if you're at home watching this, you'll have the opportunity to respond as well. Just a moment or two in the chat, there's going to be an opportunity for you to respond and receive prayer. So I'm going to say this. Look, if you want to stop running today and say, God, would you grab a hold of my life? I want to stop grabbing a hold of this, that, and the other. I want you to grab a hold of me. If you're here today in the building and that's you, I want you just to raise your hand so I can see it. Our heads are bowed around the building. Our eyes are closed. But if that's you and you're here, I can see a few hands around the building. That's so great to see. And if you're online, you'll see there's an opportunity for you to click and request prayer in just the same way. Is there anybody else who's here and you're saying, I want to stop running? I want God to grab a hold of me. Yeah, that's great. I've seen four, five, six hands. That's wonderful. I'm going to ask one more time, whether you're here or whether you're online. Do you need to say, yes, I need to stop running? Okay. I've seen your hands. And I want to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you that these folks, they're lifting this hand and it symbolizes within their lives that they're letting go of whatever it is they've been clinging on to. And they're saying, God, my hand needs to be wrapped around your goodness. And I need to know that your good hand is wrapped around me. So my prayer for them today is, God, that they would know that. Lord Jesus, I thank you that they don't just have to know that intellectually. They can know that, God, emotionally, physically, spiritually, right now, today, and all the days to come. Because you love them in every which way. You love every part of their lives. You love suffering minds and suffering hearts. You love weary bodies. You love troubled tomorrows. You love it all, Jesus. And you come, you meet us there, and you love us through it all. And I thank you for that, dear Jesus. I pray for those who are here in this building, and I pray for the reality of your presence with them now. Would you tenderly deal with them, God? Uphold them. I pray for all of those online responding now, for those who may respond in the days to come. Would they know that you are with them, you are for them, dear Jesus? I want to pray for each and every one of us right now. I want to pray as we come to worship you and thank you for your goodness and your grace with us. God, whatever our desert experiences are, Lord Jesus, 
whatever our loneliness is, whatever our struggles are, Lord Jesus, whatever our pains and our fears, Lord God, give us, Lord Jesus Christ, this single courage of heart to call out to you, to let go of the things that we think have been helping us. Truth is, they've been hurting us. And to grab a hold of you, Jesus, would you teach us? Teach us in these moments. Jesus, would you make us new through these seasons of struggle? Jesus, what you're doing to us and in us, God, would you do through us for the good of those around us? In your holy and righteous name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? If this morning you were responding in that very particular first way and raising your hand, I don't want you to feel like you have to just go away and just deal with it and unpack it for yourself. So if you're comfortable to do so, as people are making their way out, you're more than welcome to come and find some socially distanced space over with me at the side here. And I'd be more than willing to chat with you and to pray with you and to help you to know God's love as you journey through this week. If not, um, I'm more than happy to catch up with you um, in other ways through the week. That'd be great. And online, just the same. Let's come and we're going to worship God together. Respond to him in these things. For God is good. Amen. We sing your wonderful, beautiful, glorious name, Jesus. We thank you, God, that you are with us and that you're for us, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity again to remind ourselves our lives are in your hands, to actively put all of our lives in your hands say Lord Jesus Christ we hold on to you knowing that you're holding on to us God we hold on to one another your people knowing that you're holding on to your church and Lord Jesus Christ it's our desire Lord God to go into this world and help others to know that God you would hold on to them too in the midst of all their troubles Amen 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 well God bless you just to run through a, a small few practicalities as we're making our way from the place. I'm going to invite you to, again, leave in, in sections, if that's all right, from the church building. Um, but just to say, a few of you have been asking about um, a couple of practicalities. Giving in the building. As you'll understand, we're not passing any buckets at the moment. We're going to be having, hopefully by next week, um, there's going to be a box at the back for those of you who do like to give uh, physically. Uh, it'll also have a contactless device, we hope. Uh, for those of you who prefer to give in that kind of a fashion. Many of you, um, you do uh, now give online and in other ways, and all of those facilities are there for you. So if you've got any confusion about that, again, do let us know. I want to again mention, through this week, we've got really, really significant and important members' meetings via Zoom. So make sure you're connecting with one of those. And, um, and, and it's wonderful to see you. It really, really is. And God bless you and encourage you and be with you through this week. If you do want to chat with me about anything we've talked about today, if you raised your hand and you want some prayer, I'm going to be available just at the side here where there's a bit of space and we can chat together. 
but God bless you. Now, if the folks here wave at a camera, can they be seen? If they wave towards that one, can their hands be seen? Yeah, I tell you what, guys, before we head out, why don't you just wave at that camera there and the guys online will be able to see you and, uh, and know that you're sending them some love. If you're online, let's see some love in the chat for the people here in the building. Uh, let's see some little hand-waving emojis, why not? Um, God bless you, God encourage you, and we look forward to gathering again next week. Do make sure you're part of our church notice and prayer line for details about some upcoming specials. But as we worship this side, you're more than welcome to make your way out. And then when they have, then this group and then this group as well. God bless you and God keep you through this week. Amen.